Welcome to News for CHROs, This Week in HR Policy, brought to you by HR Policy Association, the premier group for chief human resource officers and senior HR executives at multinational and U.S. employers. My name is Henry Eichelberg, and I'm the chief operating officer of the association, and this podcast will provide listeners with every single significant human resources, public policy, and key best practice development each week. Welcome to News for CHROs for October 13th, 2023. In today's article, we have HR policies comments on the proposed EEOC pregnancy law regulations. We also detail what's going on with the New York Bar Association and their task force on advancing corporate diversity. HR policies Wen Dong writes about the HR policy Global's lunch program and our recent networking meetings in Tokyo and London. Mark Wilson gives us some insight on the Department of Labor's request for input on whether to require employers to cover certain over-the-counter items and services. Finally, we have a detailed report on shareholder interests in ESG, and although maybe those may be decreasing, the attention on pay equity is not. First up this week, we have HR Policy Comments on Proposed EEOC Pregnancy Law Regulations by HR Policy's Greg Hoff. This week, the association submitted comments to the Equal Opportunity Commission regarding its proposed regulations for the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which we'll refer to as the PWFA, cautioning the commission to avoid straying from the text and purpose of the law. The association comments emphasized its support for the law and protections for pregnant employees. The comments endorsed the EEOC's proposed regulations to the extent that they align with the text and purpose of the act and provide stakeholders with clarity and consistency regarding their legal obligations. The comments call for accommodations under the act to be capped at six months. Under the Act, employers must accommodate employees even if they are unable to perform an essential job function, provided such an inability is, quote, for a temporary period, and the employee will be able to perform such function, quote, in the near future. The Act left it to the EEOC to define temporary and in the near future, which the Commission proposed to mean at least 40 weeks and up to a full year. Such definitions could effectively require employers to accommodate employees unable to perform any job function for up to a year. The association urges the commission to revise this overly expansive definition of temporary and in the near future and recommends capping the duration at six months instead. The proposed regulation also provides for certain requested accommodations to be automatically granted by employers. Generally, under the ADA and similarly contemplated by the PWFA, employers and employees engage in an interactive process to determine the most effective accommodation that best serves the employee and employer, depending on the situation. The association's comments urge the commission to retain this process for all accommodation scenarios and eliminate the list of its accommodations, which are automatically granted. By way of background, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act was signed into law in 2023 and became effective earlier this year. The association joined other business community groups in supporting the passage of the law, which requires employers to provide reasonable accommodations for pregnant employees and job applicants. 
The framework of the law and its obligations for employers largely mirror what employers are required to provide for employees with disabilities under the Americans with Disabilities Act. The law also provides for the EEOC to issue accompanying implementation regulations to define certain areas of the law and provide guidance to all stakeholders. The EEOC published its proposed regulations this past August and solicited public comment. So what's the outlook here? The final rules are likely to be issued sometime next year. In the meantime, employers should ensure that they are accommodating employees with pregnancy-related conditions in compliance with the PWFA. Next up, we have Advancing Corporate Diversity, New York State Bar Recommendations. The New York State Bar Association Task Force on Advancing Diversity advises increased reliance by companies on recruiting, retention, and advancement of underrepresented populations while ensuring that their hiring procedures comply with the long-standing ban on race-based hiring. The report provides practical steps, including examples of current strategies companies are using to mitigate potential legal risks. The report provides a useful overview of the current legal and political challenges in play for corporate DEI efforts. Notably, these include a wide range of activities going beyond the traditional employment discrimination framework to include shareholder actions. In addition, new state laws can pose challenges that did not exist before. Yet, the report also notes the significant risks associated with retreating from publicly committed DEI efforts. Companies that abandon their public commitments may be subject to Securities and Exchange Act investigations and shareholder derivative suits, disparate treatment and disparate impact actions, and additional negative impacts like loss of top talent or reduced financial performance. The report validates approaches that our member companies are taking while offering specific guidance. Both before and after the Harvard decision, large companies have been taking a number of the actions recommended in the report. These include privileged assessments of their efforts, assessing internal and external communications and perceptions of those efforts, and ensuring proper training of managers and employees. The report articulates how these and other efforts can be maximized. For example, assessments of DEI-related policies should be comprehensive to include not only hiring, promotion, and retention, but also compensation and compensation practices, goal setting, fellowships or internships, scholarships, mentorships, and sponsorships, leadership development programs, diverse slate policies, supplier diversity programs, and corporate giving programs. The assessment should go beyond the programs as described but also consider how they are understood and applied by decision makers. This is why robust training on DEI, especially at the manager level, is critical. Development and retention of existing talent is an important aspect of achieving DEI goals. While non-discrimination law tends to focus on hiring and other employment decisions, employers have greater leeway in their efforts to ensure that existing employees from underrepresented populations are retained, with their development being a key aspect of that retention. Along those lines, the report makes several specific recommendations that would apply broadly to all employees, including effective use of employee resource groups, which can help achieve the company's inclusion goals by 
opening participation in certain ERG gatherings to allies or not limiting inclusion or participation to members of specific demographic groups. Where appropriate, having group programming open to all members of the community to facilitate understanding and discussion, and having multiple affinity groups co-promote events to increase discovery of areas of common ground. Using formal training programs to acculturate and develop new employees, quote, leveling the playing field for new entrants by providing clear guidance and instruction on skills and knowledge development, as well as soft skills such as working in teams, negotiation, and client service. This, along with effective mentoring, can enhance performance by employees at an earlier stage. Providing access to challenging and visible work opportunities, which provides exposure to leadership and leadership opportunities, and consequentially offers an opportunity to forge relationships that will in turn lead to future work opportunities. In this approach, ensuring that work is fairly allocated is of paramount importance. Helping employees to build robust networks by leveraging strategic partnerships with clients and other external stakeholders. These initiatives can help diverse employees expand their networks beyond their workplace. Objective and inclusive secession planning that avoids measures causing leaders to select people who look like themselves. So what's the outlook here? First, you should join us on Monday, October 23rd for the latest on the employment implications of the Harvard decisions. We're hosting a webinar that day. Our expert panelists examine the latest legal analysis how companies are assessing and changing their programs, the potential restriction of affirmative action in the workplace, and the impact of these actions, which could have on talent strategies designed to increase workforce diversity. Next up, we have Global Members Explore Emerging Issues in Japan and the UK by HR Policy's Wen Chao Dong. Last month, HR Policy Global Members met to share information and network on the most important HR issues at our Tokyo and London networking events. Our next networking event will take place in Paris on December 13th, 2023. Notably, this meeting unlike our others which are hosted in English, will be hosted in French. The Tokyo session provided valuable insights into labor law, trade practices, LGBTQ plus laws, and cultural differences in Japan. At the London event, the future impact of Brexit and its impact on employers was discussed extensively, with the Financial Times' Peter Foster providing an expert perspective on the issue and potential future developments led by the UK's government. The Tokyo session attendees discussed non-compete agreements and Japan's cartel and restraint of trade provisions. Additionally, Jones Day partner Yushiro Mori discussed a comprehensive perspective on the new LGBTQ laws in Japan and the legal mechanisms available to employees who are facing discrimination. In London, in addition to the Brexit discussion, the group focused on impending employment law changes which will impact employers operating in the UK. The update included changes to the UK's right to request flexible working, non-compete agreements, and pay gap reporting. The networking sessions explained significant HR policy updates and highlighted the cultural significances in practice. The HR Policy Global Program hosts a variety of lunches throughout the year, so please check out our schedule of events which will be published for 2024 soon to find the networking event nearest you. 
Next up, we have shareholder interest in ESG may be down, but not the interest in pay equity by HR Policy's Ross Neely. Pay equity continues to be a significant focus for investors and activists, with the first half of 2023 witnessing a notable increase in shareholder proposal activity, according to a recent ORIC memo. A total of 16 companies found themselves on the receiving end of shareholder proposals requesting disclosure of unadjusted gender and racial pay gap data, with 10 of these proposals proceeding to a vote. While these numbers might appear relatively low in absolute terms, they mark a substantial uptick compared to figures for both 2021 and 2022, in both cases nearly doubling the count. The substantial support for these proposals is indicative of the growing importance of the issue. In the first half of 2023, pay equity proposals gained substantial shareholder support, with an average of 34%, surpassing the 25% average for ESG-related proposals. This is significant as institutional investors often engage at a 20% support threshold. Even if a company defeats a pay equity proposal at its annual meeting, it is likely to remain on the agenda for investor relations teams in the following year. Despite challenges like anti-ESG sentiment and legal issues, activists and investor interest in pay equity remain strong. This resilience highlights the issue's significance and enduring presence on the ballot. To reduce pay equity proposal risks, companies should focus on key indicators. Industry matters less than a company's own disclosure practices. In the past few years, when pay equity proposals have received majority support, it has been due to insufficient disclosure or commitments on behalf of the company. Companies with prior disclosures and pay equity adjustments had lower shareholder support levels. Investor voting and proxy advisor choices significantly impact pay equity proposals. ISS and Glass-Lewis have distinct criteria. ISS prefers unadjusted pay gap disclosure and considers recent controversies or litigation. Glass-Lewis, on the other hand, focuses on potential risks to operations and shareholders with no strong preference for unadjusted data. Certain factors correlate with favorable pay equity proposal votes. Leadership diversity goals, adjusted pay gap reporting data, pay equity analyses, public pay equity commitments, and EEO1 report publication are all correlated with positive votes against the proposals. Now, when we say positive, we mean just lower shareholder support. Notably, leadership diversity goals have a stronger impact on proposal success, emphasizing the importance of a holistic diversity and inclusion approach. So what's the outlook here? Companies can mitigate the risks associated with pay equity proposals by proactively disclosing diversity-related information in line with investor expectations and ensuring compliance with emerging ESG sentiment. Next, we have DOL requests input on requiring employers to cover OTC items and services by HR Policies' Mark Wilson. The Department of Labor is gathering comments on potential benefits and costs of employer health plans covering over-the-counter preventative items and services without cost sharing and without a prescription. The Biden administration believes that this is an important option to consider for expanding access to contraceptive care. Most health plans don't cover preventative products without a prescription. The Department of Labor believes expanding utilization of preventative care and services would minimize cost barriers for plan participants. 
The request for public comment asks for comments on implementation issues, impact on health equity, and economic costs. Comments are due December 4th, 2023. With regard to a pending court challenge, on March 30th, 2023, a federal court struck down the ACA mandate that requires employer health plans to cover without cost sharing the preventative service recommendations of the U.S. Preventative Service Tax Force that have an A or B rating. The lower court decision has been stayed pending appeal. And that's it. Thanks for listening to News for CHROs, This Week in HR Policy. I'm Henry Eichelberg with HR Policy Association, the premier trade association for chief human resource officers and senior HR executives. For more information about the association, visit our website at www.hrpolicy.org. And we'll see you next week for the next News for CHROs.